this week. That's one of my jobs, I guess. Uh, but, you know, we uh, are looking towards the new year. And can you believe it? It's already going to be 2020. Yeah, moment of silence. Let that sink in, you know, because, you know, I feel like maybe I'm just getting old, but 2020 seems like science fiction, right? I mean, I remember, uh, you, you could show the next slide, this this uh, movie, uh, you know, this was, I think, 89 or something, but, but 2015 was when Back to the Future 2 was set, right? And it's going to be 2020, and we didn't get any... Uh, you know, hoverboards, we didn't really get the flying cars, you know, the technology is there, but, you know, it's not in all of our hands, right? Um, so, a little disappointment there, but 2020, it's just, it's crazy, it's crazy. And, and what do you think about when the new year comes around? Do you think about this past year, do you think about 2019 and, and think, you know, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? Um, you know, I think about this, this quote that I love from Pastor Carl Lentz of Hillsong, New York City. And he said, there's a reason that the rearview mirror in your car is much smaller than your windshield. It's there so you can glance at what is behind you while you stay focused on where you are headed. Staring in that rearview mirror for too long can be deadly because the road that lies in the wake of your life thus far is littered with lessons, but they're not leashes. So feel free to own the road that has yet to be paved in your life. And I think it's good, you know, when we think about our year, when we think about what happened, you know, was it, you know, a year where we accomplished many of those goals we set? Was it a year that was really rough and we can't wait for this next year to go? You know, I know for our family, we lost several loved ones, even this morning finding out about, you know, another one. And Some of these years, they're not easy, right? Maybe you're coming off the best year of your life, and and God has answered so many prayers that have just been in waiting for so long. But either way, New Year is coming, right? And we're moving forward. Or maybe this is a time of year where you make resolutions. You set goals. Uh, For me, you know, that's something that, that whether I like it or not, I would start to think about, right? And, And I can tell you that, that many years, uh, the thing that would come in, in my mind is like, man, how many pounds do I need to lose? Or, you know, what are the things I need to change, right? What I, how do, what I need to do to change my diet, right? And, and to be honest, you know, since high school, my weight has fluctuated a lot. I, I've been somewhere in the realm of 170 up to my highest of 260-something. And, uh, you know, that whole time, you know, I was active, as active as I could be, you know, uh, golf, surfing, judo, basketball, you know, always doing something. I love sports, love to compete when I can. And so I always felt kind of like, oh, I'm okay, you know, I'm alive. It's, it's all right, right? Um, but more recently, you know, my weight had been kind of on the upside, and, and I think just, uh, you know, work, family, stress, you know, all these kind of things, just really seeking comfort, just wanting to to enjoy life, you know, quote, unquote, enjoy life, right, you know, led to me gaining weight. And actually, when I came here to this church, when Toby and I and our families came to Orange Coast, you know, this is a picture uh, from March 2018 when we came. So um, it's three Orange County pastors, uh, Toby, Pastor Rick Warren, myself. And you can see just just looking at my face, you know, it's a totally different person. Um, I mean, it, it literally... 
you know, it's a great thing, but it's also a hard thing because about for a year, every place I'd go, people would be like, man, what happened to you? And I'm like, all right, let me tell you the story, you know. Pretty soon I felt like I need to just make an e-book or something and just hand it to people. <laughs> like, all right, this is my last year, right? Uh, but the reality is that, that, you know, every year almost it's, it feels like I would set a goal for myself. And I'd say, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, get in better shape, take care of my health. And then the next year would come around, and I'm like, man, I still got the same goal, right? And it just rolled over and it rolled over, right? Nothing really changed. And the truth is, it's, it's because it's hard. The truth is, it's, it's really hard, you know, to help yourself to get more active, to eat healthier foods, to, to really change, you know, the portions that you consume and all these things. It's not easy. I was waiting for an amen there, but hey, you know, it's not easy. But, but last year, I actually made a change. Okay, I made a change. Uh, it was kind of by just, uh, I don't know, God's providence, uh, coincidence maybe. I talked to several different friends, family members, and, and they all kind of made suggestions at the same time. And, and so I, I joined a CrossFit gym right across the street here. And uh, maybe as you come to church, you've seen some of my friends running around or uh, exercising outside. And, and, you know, it was something that, that I, I really needed. I, I rediscovered how much I enjoyed to exercise and the thing that was really different for me was uh, it's really a, a tight community. And, you know, we would just do these, you know, horrendous workouts. But, but we'd be next to, you know, a friend. And so we'd be pushing each other. You know, you can imagine, you know, I, I, I actually, okay, when I was in college, I, I had to take PE units. And I took a class that sounded good on paper. It was cardiovascular training or something and, and the description was just like you do random things to kind of you know get your heart rate up a little bit I was like, all right whatever and i and and so i went there community college you know and 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 we had a track you know and and it was like a wide range of people right from like really people in great shape to people that like they're having a hard time walking right and and so there's somewhere in there and and it was just like hey you guys today we're gonna run laps for you know 20 minutes and you know, just whatever your pace is, do that. You know, I was thinking, easy, A. <laughs> this is an easy class, right? It'll be relaxed. But, but what I didn't realize is that I actually have some competitive spirit in me. And so, although I had planned, to, I didn't even bring a change of clothes because I was just like, man, I'm just going to be walking around on my phone or something. But I saw people running by, and I was like, dude, I bet I'm faster than that guy. Like, I'm definitely faster. And then I started running, and then I started, and then it was just a terrible class. Uh, but that competition <laughs> side, right? It, it was like, you know, that's something that I really love is that I can, you know, be working out with a friend, but then we push each other. And I said, oh, man, this guy's doing a little more than me. I got to keep it up, right? And, and so we would push each other. And also there's that accountability that I know that, you know, if I don't show up, then the next day they're like, hey, man, where were you? You know, or, you know, that, it's that type of community, right? And so you can push yourself. But there's also this kind of unspoken thing of that, hey, you know what? There's this respect. So if you're like, oh, I'm not feeling good, you know, I didn't get any sleep, and that's all right, you know, no problem. Do what you came to do, you know, it's fine. Right? And, and recently, honestly, I've been, I've been feeling like, man, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and as I'm thinking about this, you know, I, I learned that when I was kind of processing this past year, one of the things that I really learned for myself is that, your body will do more than your mind thinks it can. Mm -hmm. You know, the first thing to shut down is your mind. Mm -hmm. 
Because once you pass that threshold of like, this is not comfortable anymore, then your mind is like, it's not comfortable anymore. <laughs> you got to stop, right? And it starts to kind of shut you down and like, hey, you don't have to do this. Like, what? who's making you do this? No one's making you do this. Just calm down, you know, just take it easy, right? You know, and, and so what I learned was that when you push past that point, that threshold, then you surprise yourself and like, wow, I, I thought that was impossible, but I did it. You know, and then next time you push yourself a little bit more and you push yourself. And then you, pretty soon you're like, wow, I'm able to do things I never thought I could do, right? Recently in this past week, maybe it's just with all the holiday stuff, all, all the kind of relaxing and, and uh, just, uh, you know, it's this season, right? And, and, you know, I don't know what it is, but, but the last week, it's like things that normally I'd be like, yeah, this is awesome. I was like, eh, you don't really got to do this, right? You don't really need to do it. You know, and a lot of people are getting sick. Like, you know, one day, like last week, you know, there was no the, – the, all our kind of classes were canceled because one of the coaches was sick. And so it was like open gym, do whatever you want to do, you know. And a lot of people were still doing, <clears throat> you know, what, what the workout was supposed to be. But I looked at it, and I was like, no, nah, that's not cool, you know. <laughs> so people were like, hey, are you going to do this with us? I was like, no, nah, I'm doing my own thing, you know. And they're like, okay, okay. Right? But I had this voice in my head. It was just like, take it easy. You know, take it easy. It's okay. It's okay. Just take it easy. You know, why are you pushing yourself? Take it easy, right? And so what I learned was, you know, when I'm processing this, it's like, you know, we are just like creatures that desire comfort, right? We want to stay in that comfort zone. And so this thought came in my head. It's like this idea that a lot of times we can tell ourselves, hey, you know what? I'm participating, right? Like, when I run a 5K, I'm not trying to win it. I'm just participating, right? I'm trying to finish, right? So it's that kind of idea. It's like, okay. And there's a big difference between, hey, I'm just doing it. I'm participating versus I'm trying to do my best or I'm trying to win, right? And that's true in anything you do and especially in any sports, you know. If you never give your best, you never know how much you can truly accomplish. comfort our mind just wants to seek that comfort you know i think that's one of the things that that we're really seeking in life right i mean that's what i think about when i think about our culture or our society and and many you know cultures i'm sure all over the world that we're seeking comfort when we're young we we you know i tell my kids you know it's like you got to do good in school right you got to do good in school why so you can get into a good college you got to do good in college. Why? Right? So you can get a good job and do well. Why? So you can make lots of money, right? Why? You know, because then you don't have to worry. You can buy the things you need, the things that will make you happy. You don't have to rely on other people, right, to be stable, secure. Isn't that the American dream, right? Now, for any of us that have lived, you know, even a little bit, we realize that, you know, money can't buy all things, right? It can buy a lot of things, but it can't buy all things. But still, that's the thought that moves a lot of people in life, I think, is comfort or the idea of I can achieve comfort and security, right? The problem is that that comfort doesn't lead to greatness in life and definitely not in our faith. It takes real effort to grow in our faith. 
You know, and it's a challenge. It's hard to keep our minds and our hearts in the right place. You know, many times at, at this you know, season, this time of year, you will hear pastors uh, talk about, you know, hey, be careful. You don't want to forget Jesus. You don't want to lose Jesus during this time, right? Because, uh, you know, Jesus, he's the reason for the season, right? So don't miss that. And, you know, I can tell you that myself, you know, leading up to Christmas, there's a lot of days when I'd be driving in my car and even I wouldn't have any music on. And I would hear the song playing in my head. I can't tell you, it was just annoying over and over and over again. It just kept playing in my head, and it was just saying, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm thinking, why is this playing in my head, right? But right after that, because I would be thinking, literally, I'd be thinking, man, it's the most tiring, busy, exhausting, terrible time of my year because it's just crazy right now, right? It's, it's the busy season for my family, my wife's work, you know, the church calendar. This is an amazing time of year, so we have extra services and events, and it would just weigh me down. And then, right, you know, it's like, and then the thing is that, that after I would have this thought, then i just feel this weight of guilt, right? Because I'm like, man, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Why am I not joyful? Why am I not cheerful? Why am I not, like, enjoying this, right? And I feel even worse. And I'm like, man, what a bad pastor you are. You know, and I had to ask myself, you know, hey, is this, you know, is Jesus the reason for the season for you? Or is it comfort, tradition, routine, you know, family gathering, food, presents, more food? Is that the reason for the season? And I had to really think, you know, hey, did I miss Jesus this Christmas? Did I lose sight of him? Right. And as I began to look towards today, I was a little bit encouraged because I realized I'm not alone. Maybe you're right there with me. Maybe you're not. Maybe, you know, good job. Um, but I was thinking that, you know what? Even Jesus' parents missed him, right? So we've been talking a lot about, you know, baby Jesus and the shepherds and all that stuff, right? This, this week, let's, let's look at young boy Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 2. Uh, we'll be in Luke 2, 41 through 50, or you can follow along uh, on the screen. Verse 41 says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. You know, during this season, it's easy to lose Jesus just like maybe Mary and Joseph did, 
you know, come to think about it, it's, it's actually throughout the rest of the year, it's also easy to lose Jesus. So, so maybe it's just easy to lose Jesus, to lose sight of our Lord. Because our minds, they like comfort. We like predictability. Whenever we can, I think we just want to relax and go on autopilot. In this passage, it says that Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem for Passover. When? Every year. After the festival, they left, just like they probably did every other year. Now, they probably would travel in a big group, you know, caravan. That's just how it went, strength in numbers, and you're traveling. And, and so they assumed that Jesus would be somewhere in that group. Because that's what makes sense, right? That's how it happened before. That's what they always did. They went to Jerusalem, they celebrated, and when they were done, they went back home. So they didn't keep their eyes on Jesus. They didn't look for him each step that they took. When the caravan stopped, they didn't go and find him. They just assumed, hey, he's with us. Let's keep going. And so they actually traveled a day before realizing that God was not with them. And I think, isn't that our lives too? We make assumptions. We think that, hey, everything will work out like it did before. It'll just be the same. You know, my mind, just just like my mind, it, it likes to seek comfort. You know, even in my training, my mind wants to seek comfort. And my faith definitely wants to seek comfort. And there's times when I think we just assume that, hey, you know what, what we did? In the past, that was good enough. You know, where we're at now, that's good enough. It'll just be good. You know, we achieved this point in our life. But God is calling us into something new. Right? Remember, he is creator God. He's doing something new. Right? And that's the problem is that if we just go on this kind of autopilot, like, hey, we're going to do the same thing we always have done every year, God says, hey, we're doing something new then there will be a point when we we realize, hey, wait a minute, what happened? What happened? We lost him, right? And new things are often a challenge. They can be exciting, but they can be a challenge. But I can tell you from experience that if we give our best effort, if we give our best, then we're going to find that we're able to grow in ways that we never thought possible. In Acts 20, 24, the Apostle Paul tells us, he's writing and he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And so Paul, he he compares his faith, his journey with God like a race, right? And hear what he says in 2 Timothy. He writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. He says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers 
to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. (coughs) Excuse me. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And so as we see that Paul, he compared his faith to a race, and he went all out. He gave his everything. He pushed past that limit of comfort. In fact, many of the things that we read from him, they're written in prison, right? As he is enduring uncomfortable times. In those moments, he was still able to find joy. He was even encouraged by what God was doing. So my challenge to you this week, as you prepare to welcome in the new year, you know, is to ask yourself not just how much maybe weight you want to lose or goals you want to accomplish this year, but to think about your faith. To consider where you are at. Do you clearly see where the Lord is? Or do you feel like, man, maybe I lost sight of Jesus. I've been traveling this familiar path each year. I don't know if God's there with me. So here's your your weekly challenges you see. You can take a picture of that with your phone or um, I'll, I'll send it out to you if you're on our email. We do a three-part uh, no, grow, and overflow, you know, and, then, and that's part of, you know, our, our vision here at this church, right, is that we would know God, we would grow, and then out of that, we'd be able to overflow to others. So that no piece, it says, ask yourself how you are doing with God. Are you close to him? Or do you feel like maybe you've lost him somewhere along the road like Mary and Joseph? Grow. You know, I encourage you to, to write down the things that challenge you. Does fear hold you back from sharing your faith with others? Does comfort keep you from doing something new in your faith? Write those things down. You, know, you don't have to show anybody, but be honest with yourself. And then overflow. You know, Let's make a plan to grow this year. Commit yourself to do something that will grow your relationship with Jesus. If we want to overflow, we need to be healthy, full of God's love, right? You, all, you can all think of that, that you know, the, the image of a cup, right? You can't pour out what you don't have in there, right? And, and it's, uh, it's kind of cliche, but it's really true, right? It's really true. So whatever those things are, you know, maybe you just think, man, I need to spend more time in worship. Maybe you need to listen to something on your commute to work. Maybe you need to spend more time in prayer. You're like, man, prayer is really hard. Every time I pray, I just fall asleep. You know, it's like whatever those things are that you see, man, I need, I need to do these, these things. I need to make these changes. Set some, set some goals. Let's, let's set some goals for ourselves this year and really make an effort 
And not just participate, not just say, hey, I show up on Sunday. Hey, I listened to the, the message, you know, I, I stayed awake during Pastor Phil's sermon, you know, that's a good job for me. No, like, <laughs> let's, let's really think about, man, where are we with the Lord? Because I can tell you from experience that, that when we push past that threshold of comfort, that's when we really grow, right? That's when we really grow. That's when you really see change happen, right? Let's pray. And team, you guys can come back up. Lord God, uh, first of all, we thank you for another year. You know, as Paul, as we're reading what Paul says, that, you know, he's being poured out like an offering, that he doesn't know how much longer he has, that he feels his time is near. The truth is, none of us knows how much time we have left. Mm. None of us truly knows. So Lord, as, as we come before you, as we close out this year and look forward to the next, we pray that, that you would encourage us that you would encourage us with your love because we are so loved. Each person here is so loved by you. Let us be encouraged by your love and let us be encouraged to keep our eyes on you, to follow you this year, to push past the limits of our comfort into the new things that you want to lead us to. Lord, let this next year be a year unlike any before. It would be a year of breakthrough, a year of freedom. It would be a year of growth, a year of new things accomplished and achieved in our faith that we never thought we could do before. And we thank you, Lord, because you're so gracious. You're so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. And if you could all stand for just the last song as we close here.